brothers and sisters, welcome to Disc Four. Yeah. Welcome everybody, it's the main stream. We're going in with that. Doing Disc Four tonight, we'll be live soundtracking. We have a special guest. Internationally renowned and acclaimed Dune Authority, Danica XIX will be with us. So strap in, smash that like, put that link in a Discord, put that link in a group chat of some nature. Listen to your brother Darian Byler, he's right. Not enough likes, y'all, smash that thing. crazy then welcome back breaking the voice welcome back brave citizens of the maz it's wednesday we're broadcasting live on a wednesday from dripping springs texas on the meaning stream yeah how's everybody shouts out to everybody loads in it's that special day that we do that special thing it's the meaning wave live audio book club still need a more succinct we still need a more succinct name for it i think but uh that's what it is it is the meaning wave live audio book club in which we are playing an audio book and uh waving it baby we waving it live that means you know playing music <laughs> with it and uh it's pretty sweet i spent all day uh adding appropriate new sonics to my uh library of sonics and uh tagging accordingly 
so that I can summon the right moods at the right moments. That's the idea. That's what we're doing here. Uh, this is still a very early, early on in this art form, <laughs> this thing. Uh, but it's been dope so far. It's been dope so far. Shouts out to everybody who's been here. Bookwave says Walking Mall Poet. That's pretty succinct. Bookwave. I do quite like Bookwave. Bookwave. Bookwave's pretty good. I mean, that's what is that? Like eight, eight letters? Pretty sweet. Bookwave. Anyway, that's what we're doing, babe. We're waving books tonight and every Wednesday here on the stream of Mean. And feels like it works. And I'm uh, excited today. We've got a special guest joining us shortly. Um, I believe. Let me check. She still is joining us shortly. Pretty sure. But we'll see. We shall see. Pretty amazing. Um, hey, what up? Chris Olin jumped in the yeet seat early. Boom. Right in there. Like a G. What up, Marakura? Maramakura. We've got Danica Gang here already. Isn't she still streaming? Isn't she still streaming? It's this ridiculous thing, right? You all know Danica, right? Because you all know Danica because uh, she was the voice of Dune Wave. The uh, epic Dune record we did a little while back. Uh, Danica, a.k.a. formerly known as the artist, formerly known as Comic Book Girl 19, was the voice on that. So you know. And you know how ridiculous it is that we started doing this Dune audiobook club. And we happened to be doing it at the same time uh, that Danica was streaming Dune-related stuff on Twitch. Which was really, really ridiculous of me. But that's how we do! You know. And anyway, somehow, I was, um, you know, we, we, we're starting having uh, <coughs> guests on the show, you know. We started having guests on the show. And I was like, well, I've got to get Danica on. You know, because uh, that's, that's Meaning Way family right there. And I hit her up, but, and, uh, anyway, it just so happened that she, she had time today, which is perfect. So we're going to get Danica in on a Dune audio book club, book wave stream. We're going to hear what she's, what's going on in her life. What's up with her, uh, her thoughts on everything Dune related, uh, you know, how California is, uh, whether she's still alive. Anyone's tried to set her on fire recently, things of that nature. Uh, all right, we got Danica Gang in the house saying uh, she's on the way. She just finished the stream this second. Epic. How's the stream? How was the stream? I had the squid. Danica's babies are on the way. Uh, is that what you're called? Danica people are called Danica babies. Is that what it is? Welcome, anyway, one and all, to the Meaning Wave Autonomous Zone. Shouts out to everybody locked in from early. Shouts out to YouTube Hero Alex, Walking Mall Poet, Cyclops924, Sigitej. Cyclops924 says, just finished disc three, so I'm ready and hyped. Ready and hyped for this show. Yo, me too, baby. Me too. I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> to find out more about that flipping, uh, what'd you call it? Greenhouse. Jessica moved along the whip. No, 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 not yet. Jessica moved along the... No, 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 not yet. We'll be getting there soon. Don't you worry about a thing. Yeah. Shouts out to everybody let in. How's everybody feeling today? Shouts out to... Who was here this morning, by the way? On the morning stream this morning. We had an epic stream this morning. We had a great conversation with Steve Disco Newsom, a British disco legend and former Tenerife resident. Very powerful. Um, yeah, it's very nice. I've got a capture card now so I can talk to people. It's very exciting being able to talk to people, you know. Hey, Danica's in the green room already. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. 
She's a machine. What? All right, well, let's get her in here. Uh, we got a thing we like to do around here called the international high five, obviously. And uh, all we need to all we need to know is to do the international high five by Joe. Look, she's in the green room. She's in her. Hey. She's in a. We can hear her. That's amazing. How's the green room? Hey, it's great. <laughs> is it great in the green room? Uh, you're in a cupboard of books, I see. Yeah, yeah, I got my library. It's fucking cool. Okay, should we just bring you in? Shit. I mean, whatever, you know, what's up? <laughs> Let's just bring you in. Hell yeah. By Jove. You just come straight from... There she is. Boom! Hey! Hey, yo, hey. make some noise. <laughs> make some noise for that big D energy. <laughs> big D energy, house. that's me. That's me, dog. Big D energy in the house by Jove. How's everybody doing? How are you oh doing? Oh my gosh. More importantly, hey guys. More importantly, how are you? How was your stream? It was fantastic. Well, it's kind of a train wreck. <laughs> it's kind of a train wreck. We had, we had a lot of technical difficulties today, but we made it happen. We had a lot of fun regardless. We were watching part two of the Children of Dune sci-fi miniseries. We just read the book recently and so we were watching the really shitty sci-fi miniseries alia was wearing khakis with a corset it was insane we fucking we had a fun time yeah i'm so i thought that was such an amazing idea i was like someone pointed out to me last week i've, I've you know i've been so um you know streaming twice a day every day for 200 and whatever it is days now that's fucking crazy congratulations <laughs> by the way yeah, thank you. But you kind of lose track of the, of what's happening in the real world. And I started doing this Dune audio book club thing yes. and like live scoring the Dune audio book. And somehow I managed to do it at exactly the same time you were simultaneously streaming Dune related stuff, which is like the wrongest time I could have done it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Someone pointed this out. We try our best, you know. I'm just, I'm just happy that you're also getting Dune out there. I, I love your book club idea of taking the audio book and then putting your music behind and putting some beats behind it and shit. Like that's so fucking dope. I super, I stand. I fucking stand. Yeah. Oh good. Praise, praise the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, well, yes. I checked in on you last week and you were straight up watching TV. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, that's what we were doing again today. But it was like it was like the, the stream disconnected a few times and then I couldn't get the fucking the two things to sync up and it was just and they couldn't hear it and I was just like, whatever, Mercury's in retrograde, whatever, it's fine. We we had a lot of fun discussions um, okay. regardless. So everybody had a good time. That's just hard, man. Like, it is, it's a whole new thing. I haven't done watch alongs before, so trying that was like a whole new bag of cats. So we're we're ironing out some technical difficulties, you know, we're getting there. And so is the thing because like no one gives a fuck about that TV show. It's like no one cares if you stream it. No, it's it's terrible. Like it's not good. Like it's terrible. So like it was like we just totally sidetracked and had like full on crazy conversations about totally like other shit. Like we totally we got into some other shit today. So it was super fun. But I guess yeah, because. I don't know, you know, we've been doing a lot of streaming. And yeah. visuals oh, yeah. are the thing that seems to get you yanked the most, mm -hmm. I find. Yeah. But is it that the algorithms do not care about that show? I or think that you... nobody cares about that <laughs> show. Like, it's like, nobody gives a shit. It's so crappy that, like, no one's claiming it. And, like, it's fine. Uh, so... You know, we'll see. We're we're always testing, though. We're always testing these algorithms and seeing what works and what doesn't. And right. I know that Twitch does have a thing. They're they're hooked up with Amazon, so you could do like an Amazon Prime watch along party if it's something that's on Prime. Really? And you, yeah, yeah, it's a new really? thing. Yes, but you have to have your Prime account connected, and then they and then the people who watch it with you also have to have their Prime accounts connected to their Twitch. 
So I will try that in the future and that will probably be a more successful situation because you do it right through Twitch. It's not even through like some third party like OBS or whatever the fuck, but I haven't tried it yet. So uh, like, that's okay. a whole new, a whole new thing. We might watch the boys together or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I was starting to be like, oh, maybe I should watch the boys. But then it's like, I don't know. The comic, no. the comic was like, it wasn't, uh, I don't know if it, it wasn't enjoyable. You know what I mean? No, it was so fucking, it was such a bummer. Like, that's like, I, that's why I didn't watch the show because I felt like, I mean, it's Garth Enos. It's going to be rapey and shitty and a bummer. <laughs> but it's like, it was just like such a bummer that like, I like literally, I'm not even kidding you. I was offered $7,000 to talk about the first episode of that show, The Boys. And I hated the comic so much. And I thought it was so anti-human that I turned it down. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to talk about this shitty stuff. Like $7,000 to talk about yeah. The Boys. That's very specific. Seven. Yeah, well, and, it, and like I kept saying no, and they kept offering me more money. Oh, that one. Oh <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. No was is there, the sexiest word in Hollywood, you know? It's was crazy. there like some clause where you had to be nice about it? I mean, there wasn't a clause saying you had to be nice about it, but you do have to, you know, talk about it. And I just, I don't know. I just didn't know what the show was going to be. And it was, if it was going to be, you know, more like a comic and I wasn't very interested, but I, mm. my sister has been telling me I should watch it. And she's told me some things and it was like, she was telling me that there's a scene where, you know, somebody has to give someone a blowjob, whatever. And in the comic, it was like a train of blowjobs. So I was like, oh, it was only one blowjob. I'm glad that they got rid of the five other ones that that was in the comic book. That was even worse. So, you know, they toned it down a little bit, I think. Yeah, like, but then I saw a thing the other day that they're doing uh, hero gasm in the next season because now it's popular. They're like, oh, we can get away with some more stuff now. So we're doing hero gasm. Yeah, what, what is hero gasm? What is that? That was the story. I think that was a side comic, like it was a side quest thing where they like have a oh. like a kind of like orgy party annual. Event oh, oh, thing. oh, oh, yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it now. I remember it now. Where they go to like it was kind of like Jeffrey Epstein's like super <laughs> fuck girl island. That is exactly it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's all coming back to me now. Oh my lord! Yeah, I mean it's it's not you know a we're you know this is a family friendly meaning we have autonomous zone, and uh, oh, okay. you know I'll, I, I'll, I'll well, no no not you I'm just saying in general you know we're family friendly and wholesome over here we're uh, yeah. pushing the new neo psychedelic wholesome age and I don't know where Garth Ennis is ridiculous anti human bullcrap fits into that. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, totally. Like I don't know. If, if Wade says Homelander is like the best character on TV now or something. I've heard. I've heard it's really great, you know. So I think I might give it a shot. I might give it a shot. I might do a watch along with me on Twitch and and see how it goes. You know, do an experiment. Well, we'll the thing, see. yeah. Cause my thing is like, you know, between all this streaming and making all these albums and things, it's like uh, watching things. I don't know where I, where I would do that. I don't know where I would right. find to watch a thing. And I want to watch Dark City by yeah. Jove. And uh, you want I was watch like, Dark City. <laughs> yeah, I do. And then I saw you, and I was like, "Wait a minute! I could just be watching movies and streaming it, and they call it work." What? Right? Exactly. I know. I know, bro. It's like it's a whole new ball game out there. Yeah. Okay, it's so much easier. Like, cause you and I, I mean, we're always doing all this like crazy stuff. Um, but you know, we got to make it easy on ourselves sometimes, especially with streaming. I mean, you're streaming, you said you're streaming like twice a fucking day. That's, that's insane. So you yeah, got to make it easy on 7 yourself. 7am and 7pm every stuff day. with the people. Yeah. 7am, 7pm. Wow. Yeah, How many hours are you streaming in your blocks? Uh, a couple each. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's like four, it's like four or five total. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Feels yeah. like it works. Yeah. 
It's the whole thing. It's yeah, the thing. It's the whole thing. It's the system. It got me out of bed. I wanted to get up early. I was like, how am I going to turn myself into the sort of person who can get up in the morning after years yeah. of going to bed at 6 a.m.? I was totally. like, oh, I'll start a morning show. Then I'll just yeah, have to that's, do it. Yeah, uh, that's so smart. Like, I love that so much. Like, I was actually just having a real conversation about, like, trying to get up earlier and, and being more of a morning person. And it's such a struggle for us people who are night owls, you know, as creative people. Like, it's it's tough. I was that guy my whole life. Big D energy and uh, now morning guy. I get I up, it's still it. dark. I, it's still that's... dark when I get up and I go outside my house and, and there's a bit and of sun starting to peak up. you're performing at seven in the morning, man. And Whoa. initially I was all like, oh, I was all sleepy and shit. So I'd be playing sleepy lo-fi sets because that's how I felt, <laughs> yes. you know? I did that for like three months or something. And then I had yeah. like this this mad uh, like epiphany a couple of last week or something. There was like, wait a minute, if I just play like it's 1 a.m. in the club, uh-huh. then I will get that energy and I will just come alive and I'll be power oh, yeah. up guy for the day and it works. Oh, that's So like amazing. within like eight minutes of being awake, I'm like, I've been in the shower and I'm up here doing turbo yeah. 1 a.m. party DJ guy. Dude. Dude, that's sick. Like, I, you know, one, here's a life hack that I found for getting up. You need to get up and you need to go. <laughs> I can't, I'm not a caffeine person. I really shouldn't have it. So I try to not to get on that caffeine life. So instead of having a cup of coffee in the morning, jump in a cold shower. Jump in a cold yeah. shower. That will wake you up real fast. Real fast. Since 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been in the mm -hmm. contrast shower. So that's where you go super hot and super cold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've been Good doing stuff. that for, for years now, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. to do. That's that's the thing. And it's also you only have to be in there a couple minutes when you're doing that. Because when I'm like hot shower boy, I'll stay in there totally. three hours. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll be in that hot shower for a hot minute. Cozy yeah, boy. totally. Hey, 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 hey. Yo, shout out to all the cozy, cozy boys and girls in the chat. What's cracking, Chatland? Shout out to everybody locked in. What up, Miss Super Doctor? Appreciate you. What up, Luke? Tome time. That's right. What up? What that's up? right. What uh, up? PP Max Channel says I hate cold showers. LMAO. <laughs> PP Max Gray. He's he's one of my peeps. I figured. He's, he's one of my he's one of my peeps. I figured. Well, <laughs> shout out to everybody locked in. We gotta do the international high five. So everyone let me know where you're at. Uh let me know whereabouts in the world you are so we can get that international vibe. Now we can all do a high five all at the same time and harvest everybody's energy, but then redistribute it. So yes. then you get all of the energy of everybody's high five from your one high five. That's amazing. It's amazing. You know, and it feels like it works. We've been doing it for a while now. Seriously work! We've got Ryan Morgan in Towers, New Mexico. Oh my goodness. Uh, how's California? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of whack. I still can't go to the gym. Uh, you know, it's being mismanaged. The state's being mismanaged. I love the weather. The weather's <laughs> nice. Uh, but we have mosquitoes all of a sudden. That's lame. But uh, I've, I've just been enjoying natural things like going to the beach and hiking and doing stuff that's like that. That's what I see. Every time I see you on, on my Instagram or whatever you like, you go to the beach or some shit. And it's like, yeah, I've been no trying to get on my beach life. Trying no to get, you know, like I was a, like you, I was a moon child, you know, and I'm trying to get more on that sun life and, and you know, I've been kind of trying to tan a little bit this year. So yeah, like look, me. I look all pasty and you look all like uh, red. I'm, I'm getting there. I mean, I, I'm still like not tan, but like, you know, I'm a, I'm not translucent like I was. So nah. I'm a mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. No, you look good. You look healthy. You got yeah, like, thank you. you got the yeah. epic uh, David Bowie hair. Oh, you I know. You got the spiders do. Oh, I'm so excited about the new look. It's like, it's giving me so much life right now. I've been in a real transitional phase. You know, I shaved it all off. Yeah, you did your Britney shit. Last time we saw you, you were ju you'd just gone Britney. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like for my birthday in January. I was like, I'm done with being, com you know, I'm comic book girl no more. You know, I was having this real existential crisis. And this was before it became a trend, mind you. Uh, shaved it all <laughs> off. And then it became a trend and then it was whack. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I started growing it back out. And uh, and so now, yeah, I recently, recently did kind of a Ziggy Stardust red fucking situation. I'm going to keep growing the mullet in the back a little bit. You know, Monday. like I like how you do with your hair. You get a little bit of mullet action. Yeah. I'm getting there slowly. You know, yeah. I got a Rachel Summers vibe going on right now. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. You need that party at the back, you know? Yeah, you need the party in the back. I'm with you. You want, you want to be in a situation where, like, if you're on the back of a motorcycle, you've got something to, like, whoop, 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 whoop. You know Oh, I mean? yeah. Oh, oh it's coming. The mullet's happening. Pick like, that it's carrot. Yeah. Oh, it's happening. We're, we're going to mullet right town. Uh, we got, hey, what's up, Bismarck says, I love you, Kira. Isn't that nice when people say things like that? God bless you. Cindy nice. Bailey's in Riverside, California. Sway like Dwellers into coma. Squiggly Whoop. Dig is checking in from Virginia. I think that's in Australia as well. Working on ours over here. Thanks for the energy tonight. Boom! Boom. All day. Uh, regular founder is in Maine. Charlie Charlie's in Maywood. Uh, Michael has been great. Squiggly Dig says, Danica, your hair is amazing. Thank you. Isn't that nice? Thanks. F. Smithic, San Antonio, Texas. We got Iowa in the place. We got Virginia in the place. We got Tim G in East Coast. We got uh, Jimmy Nails in Chicago. We got uh, Flag Out Films in Morrison, Colorado. We got Chris Champagne in Renton, MA. We got Zachary Brooks in Michigan. We got people all over the place, by Jeff. People all, all over, over the place. No, wait, Squiggly no. Doug is not in Australia anymore. She's in Virginia in USA. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Hey, Australia lost another one. The party in the USA. God bless. <laughs> we got Colorado in the house. We got people all over the place. That does indeed demand an international high five and um i wanted i wanted to check something and this will help me check it i want to see how much latency there was between at me and you talking okay can we clap at the same time i wonder yeah okay one two three no there's do, do it there's again latency. do it again do it one again. two three one two three now there's there's at least a second of latency. Okay, so I was wondering if we could like do live performances of stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. I figured that there's got to be a way of doing that, right? Yeah. On the internet, oh, we could ooh, do a yeah. Dune, we could do a Dune Wave uh, concert. Ooh. On the internet. Ooh. Using uh, well, okay, so magical let's, technologies. Let's talk about it. Let's get into some Dune Wave shit. So the yeah, movie well, got we do that then, the whole year. Wait, 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 wait! Before we do that, let's do that international high five, and then okay. exactly. Then we can do that by Joe. So, uh, aim at the camera. Okay. Three, two, one. Bah! Hold that <laughs> shit. Hold that shit. Hold that shit. You want to get all that energy? Get all that energy. Harvest all of the energy. Feel it coming down. Right. Feel it coming down your bicep into your left tip. There you go. Right through your heart. There you go. Now you got it. Swoosh. So you got everybody's energy. Amazing. Wow. Feels like it works. I love it. I, do, right. I do feel energized. Alright, so yeah. Dune, 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 Dune. Dune, 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 Dune. So it got pushed back a whole year. It oh. got pushed back a whole year, which, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I'm totally, I get it. Like, it's fine. I was so but... happy. Do you know why? Hmm. Do you know why I was so happy? Why? I was like, because Danny Krill get the vocals for Dune Wave 2 done in time. I know. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah! Totally. We're gonna wrap this out before the end of this year. We're gonna wrap this out. Uh, wrap this before yeah. dude, before okay. the movie comes out. Anyway, by Joe, I was so far. I was like, God bless you, Tom yeah. Hanks. God bless Tom Hanks and the communist Chinese and that filthy ass disease. Dune Wave Two is saved. <laughs> yes. 
too. It's totally saved. It's totally saved. We fucking got it, kids. We made it. We made it work. Yeah, so that's cool. I'm happy about that. I didn't watch the trailer because I've, I've decided to not watch trailers. How's, did you watch the trailer? I'm sure you oh, did. I did. I did. I usually don't watch trailers, but yeah. I did a trailer reaction video. It's very rare that I do that, <laughs> but this was something that everybody wanted to know. Yes. And uh, I put it on my YouTube and yeah, it was really, it. the trailer looks amazing. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm fucking, I'm super, I'm, I gave him the gift of some moisture for that. I was so excited. So I'm like, I'm ready. I'm, fucking, I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> Whenever they want to lay that dune on me, like I'm here. I'm ready for you it. Would take you know? $7,000 from them. If they offered you $7,000, yeah. oh. you would take that $7,000 oh. by Joe. In a, in, a, in a second. I don't take anything. Yeah. Nothing. But it's great. <laughs> I think it's wonderful because it gives you time to uh, do get more stuff done in the dune dune yes, well yes, before the yes. thing comes I mean, out it was supposed to come uh, out like next month right absolutely or something was it december yeah it was december uh 2012 it was supposed to come out or 2020 is supposed to come out and uh yeah so now it's december i think 2021 which you know whatever it's fine i get it like i hope there's theaters left by the time they open the movie i mean i feel like they're like theaters are dying they're dropping like flies so we'll see but i just need to see an imax that's like my whole thing it's like i'm yeah. I, i'm not gonna watch this on my in my tv at home like i want to see it in imax i want to see it with an audience i want to share this experience with other people i love going to the theater i miss it so much when like did you last oh, go? i can't wait till huh when did you last go to the movies oh my god i don't even remember like Isn't i don't even sad? maybe in like last year like i don't even know like it's so sad like it's i always such think a with like you know like oh i always think with the old people like really old people i was like i wonder if they knew the last time like they made love that that was the last time they were gonna make love right. you know right i always that think about that and now i was like yeah. shit the last time i was djing in the club i didn't know that was the last time i was djing right. in the club Oh, last yeah, time the last time I went, time to, I went movies, to Amoeba Music. I didn't know that was yeah. the last time I was going to Amoeba Music. Yeah, that, yeah totally. God, the same. Totally. I'll it's never so go real. to Amoeba Music again. I, I mean, know. I definitely won't. That's gone. I was like that yeah, with, I uh, mean, do you remember Shop House across the road from Amoeba Music in Los Angeles on Sunset? Yeah. Do you remember that place? Well, su supposedly they're opening another one further down somewhere, but I mean. Well, Amoeba? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Supposedly they're reopening in another location, but we'll see. I mean, in a post-COVID world, like. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, but I just, I'm just hoping, I'm just praying that after this election, like things start kind of opening back up here in, uh, in California, because this is whack. I just want to go to the gym, bro. <laughs> I just want to go to the gym. I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm so sad. I see you've been doing that. You've been doing those kettlebe kettlebells still during your fucking workout or your, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, man's got those kettlebells. Yo, I've been oh, chucking this thing around up and like straight up a lot of it around the place. Whoop. That's fucking great. That's my That's thing. So great. I got like the four, four or five hour like uh, cardio workout, bop, 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 mm -hmm. up here, mm -hmm. slidey, bomb, mm -hmm. bomb, bomb, and I swang I a kettlebell. It. You know, so I'm in peak physical condition. Pew, pew. Right. Right. You know? Well, I mean, how is it? How is it in Texas? Like, are things like kind of <laughs> half open there? Open, open there? Like, what's what's the sitch? Like, yeah, stuff. So everything's open, I think. I don't know about not apart from nightlife. Right. I don't know about the nightlife side of things. Yeah. But, well, uh, are you gonna like? Are you gonna DJ in like Austin and shit, maybe, or what? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think so. I feel I like. Think so. I think I might I open like... a club or something. Yeah, I need you to know. come visit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I yeah. think I'm gonna do like uh, when when South by Southwest comes back, I'm gonna do like a meaning wave like thing, you know. Just do like a whole 
Exactly. You know, I was thinking we could start having a festival. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Get all the homies oh, to come. Well, oh, get, get please. The... Let me know. Like, I'm coming. Like, let's do this. Like, I'm in. Like, oh, my God. Meeting Way Festival at South by Southwest would be so fucking yeah. sick. You know, we're going to get that uh, hologram Alan Watts. Yeah. Oh. Dude, I'll put a I'll put a beard on. I'll go up there. Like I, I love it. Like I, there's so I was I was just subjecting somebody to fucking Watts Wave three the other day. Like I was we just saw Synchronic, which is this movie about time and it not being real. And I was like, we we're driving home. It was the middle of the night. And I was like, hey, I know you're kind of tired. Like you're gonna fucking hate this, but like we're gonna listen to a thirty minute lecture by Alan Watts about time right now in the middle of the night driving back from Pomona to L.A. That's a good test. And, uh, how oh, did that go was. down? Yeah, but it was like, I was like, this is, I want to listen to this right now. Like, this is what I want to listen to. Uh, and they react, how did they react to it? I mean, some of it sank in, but some of it, you know, it's like they were tired. But I feel like when they were tired, like, that's when it really gets in there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Like, with, you know, like, uh, driving, like, oh, why is this, why is this bitch fucking, why is she subjecting me to this right now? Well, good news on the Watts front. We have a new Watts album dropping in a couple of weeks. Oh! I'm so excited to hear it. I've always heard from more Alan Watts. Yeah, last time I last time I spoke to you, we were about to drop another Alan Watts. Yeah, yeah, and I'm so excited about the Indiegogo. Like, congrats on all that. Yeah, that's, that's shipping this week. Ah, can't wait to get it. I bought it. <laughs> I bought it. Yeah. I'm like so ready. I'm so ready for this vinyl right now. Which like, package I'm did so you get? Excited. Uh, I got like I got like all this shit coming in. Like I I got the the Watts wave, the time one that's coming in too. That's very and, like, beautiful. All that stuff. Yeah, that's so yeah. beautiful. Oh, you wait yeah. to see it. It's beautiful. Captain Jack did a really good, an amazing job on the design and the gay files and the lyric books and all that type oh, of business. I can't wait. I can't Jeez. wait. I'm so I'm so excited. I was just say no more. You you launched that Indiegogo and I was like I'm here. Like okay, like what do you want? How much do you want? Like <laughs> here you go. Ah! What's going on with you? You you're about you've um you've just finished up your Dune. Yeah, yeah. Your we Dune just finished TV. Children of Dune book club. Yeah. Uh, it was a twelve week class. We've done you know we did the original Dune a few years ago. We've done Dune Messiah. We've done now we've done Children of Dune. In twenty twenty one the spring we're gonna do God Emperor Dune. Sick. We're getting ready on Sunday. We're gonna be starting Exorcist Club. So it's spooky season. Yeah. So we're going to be reading The Exorcist together over the next four weeks. So if you want to hop along, you can come to twitch.tv slash DanicaXIX, and it'll be over four Sundays at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. And yeah, there's this book is split into four separate parts, like four mini books within the book. So, so how does this work? So are you going to be reading it? You well, I, like you got to read it ahead of time, read it ahead of time. And then, and then we just discuss it. it. Yeah, yeah. We just discuss it. We talk oh, yeah. about ideas in it. Like William Peter Blatty, the writer, um, he, it was really into Christian mysticism. Um, he's like, and so there's a lot of really cool themes, very wholesome themes in this book. You know, <laughs> I, I think you would approve it. of. Mm. So I'm excited to talk about it. And I, I did a, uh, yesterday, I did a photo shoot as Pazuzu, the demon face that kind of flashes in the movie for just a moment, uh, like three times in the movie. Yeah, I saw that. Because so yeah, you said yeah. you were off to see Alan Amato, and I was like, oh, I wonder what she's doing. Is she doing another calendar? 
Is this Ooh. another like like nude Ooh. calendar thing? No, she's doing the evil scary demon face. Yeah, we're doing evil scary demon face. Uh, and then we also I also did Father Dan, so we'll have a father, you know, me with a mustache. So we got a Father Dan in there who's kind of doing like a Damien Karras situation. And then yeah, and I'm shooting with Alan next week. We're doing a Rachel Summers situation. So I got a Phoenix Rachel Summers situation oh, nice. going on. So that'll be really cool too. Yeah. Good. Uh, give my love yeah. to that cutie, that sweet sweet boy. I will. I will. He's such I will. a sweet sweet boy. I know he did such a great job on your on your portrait. Your he did. Amazing. We're talking here about Alan Amaso, the greatest uh, my uh, greatest uh, living photographer who <laughs> took the uh, my Avi picture. Yes. And he yes. took my previous Avi picture when I had long hair. He took that as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know he took that one too. That's yeah, awesome. He, he takes like he takes a really good picture of me like once every three years, you know, and yeah. then that's my Avi picture. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, I'm really? glad you got a new one though, because your old one, you're you know, you're a little heavier. Like you've like toned up, like you've changed. So oh much. no, the last one, there's one where there's that, that chipmunk face. I had my uh -huh. big, I bit those. Yeah, the one before uh -huh. that was the one that Amato did when the uh -huh. long hair. Another one where I was like lying on the floor in in a pile of okay. pink candy. Okay. Yeah, that was Captain Jack's fault. But yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm in a. I'm in that peak physical condition. By Jove. Are Are you still Are you still eating those steaks all the time? Like, what yep. are you doing with your diet? Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Just eating steaks. Just eating steaks. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad it's working for you. That's nearly so three years of just eating three steaks. years. Yeah, it'll be three, three years. Do you ever get sick of it? You're like, I'm done with this. I don't want to eat another steak today. I don't know, man. This steak's good. It is pretty good. I have yeah, yet to get sick of steak. That's yeah. I've I've yet to get. Uh, sick of steak. Praise oh, the awesome. Lord. And yeah, water. Arr, yeah. Special, water? Oh, special yeah. see through water. Look, well. Yeah, you gotta stay hydrated. I mean, that's really important. It's really, really important. You gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> I'm all about that life. I'm all about that life. It's good for your organs. I like to wake up. I have a big cup of apple cider vinegar water. You know, I put some water in there, put a little splash of apple cider, apple cider vinegar. You what? know, get it going. What? Have a little. Have a little spoonful of uh, a coconut oil, you know, get a, get all the organs lubricated, ready for what? the day. Yeah. I used yeah. to do that. I forgot about that. I remember reading that you're supposed to do that. So I got into that and then I was using it for my hair and all that type thing. Oh, yeah. Fucking coconut, yeah coconut oil coconut everywhere. Oil. And then, I, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, it got a bit coconut oily. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta be careful with it. You can eat too much of it, and it can yeah. like it could be you know get yeah. a little too lubricated in your organs. It could be a problem. So you got you know you gotta find what's right for you. You gotta find what's right for you. But a little spoonful, you know, it's good. Gets everything going. Yeah, I think that's good what happens you. to me. I got too lubricated. What yeah. up? Shouts out to the chat. Bismarck says meaning fest would be awesome. I'd go. JBP wave two still felt a bit bad today for missing the Jordan Peterson stream. We did a Jordan Peterson stream on Monday, and Bismarck Aww. missed it, and he's been feeling very bad. Don't Aww. feel bad. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. it's okay. It's okay, sweetheart. Yeah. It's it's totally chill. It's super he chill. dedicated. He said he was gonna watch every single stream and then he missed one. He was like, just... hey, you know, just try your best. You know, yeah, like, hey, you know, shit happens. We got lives. It's fine. You are doing all right? You're, you're there. The intention's there. You doing it? Standard deviation says I'm so on board for Danica's take on the boys. Yeah, yeah, we should do that because I, I, you know, I'm trying to do some. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of the year after Exorcist Club. So it's like, well, maybe we'll just like watch the boys and fucking hang out and you know do that. I don't know. So, as, so is Twitch going good? You still staying off yeah. YouTube? You still like? Well, you you're uploading, re-uploading to YouTube, right? But you're yeah. still just focusing on Twitch, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been taking my uh, Doom, you know, Doom Club streams, putting them on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I still have a bunch of War Club streams I could put up there if I felt like it, but I feel like it's almost like too much knowledge for YouTube. I feel a little weird <laughs> about putting all that, putting all that knowledge on YouTube. You know, it might be too much for them. Like, I don't want them to all know about this stuff, these strategies. <laughs> uh, I'm still debating on that one, but I do, I do have some other, some older stuff I oh, need to upload. My greater creators things that aren't on there. I didn't watch your stuff. War Club. So what was that? You didn't report yet? Lose of power or something? What was it? Yeah, yeah. The the guy who did the Forty Eight Laws of Power, he also Robert wrote Green. the Thirty Three Strategies of War, and yeah. so we did a whole book club on the Thirty Three Strategies of War, and we talked about all the strategies. Did and you read really it? Broke it down. Um, I didn't read it aloud to them. Would but you I mean, like they, to? I mean, I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Because I think I that mean, would be. I've been wanting to do some records with some of that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love. I, mean, I love Robert Green. I've, I've read. I've read 48 Laws of Power, 33 Strategies of War, The Art of Seduction, like, I'm down, like, I like his stuff. Oh, shit, okay, boom, I think we just, yeah, uh, see, I, we just I need to get, a like, idea. a better mic, you need to tell me what kind of, like, cool mic, because my Yeti mic's kind of, like, you know, it's fine for, for streaming, but, like, when I do recordings for you, I want yeah. them to be, like, really fucking... You well, know, look, yeah, don't, don't be, like, not doing stuff because you're waiting for a good mic, just do it and, like, I can make it sound good. <laughs> You well, like I mean? my my neighbor's like a podcaster. And I'm kind of want to want to be like, hey, can I record my dude wave stuff at your house? You know, like can I record it on your like sexy mic? Because like he's already got a whole thing like set up. So. Oh, there you go. Well, but I, honestly, I can make shit. I can make anything sound good. I mean, come on, I'd be taking recordings. I'd be taking recordings from like 1947 and turning them into records. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that is true. That is true. That, that is Marilyn true. Monroe record. It was recorded on a potato in like. 1953 or some <laughs> shit and it still sounded epic you know fuck I mean? yeah fuck yeah that flipping yeah, joseph campbell record some guy recorded that on a banana mm -hmm. you know a, someone like banana. etched some grooves into the back of like <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, they buried that shit in the you, garden and then someone dug it out three decades later you are a sound wizard yeah don't you That's be doing awesome. that to me don't you be doing that to me Dad. okay 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 just record me some dope shit by jove all right, I will. All right, all right also, that's another thing. I need something for the Christmas album. Ooh, you're making a Christmas album? Of course I'm making a Christmas album. I make a Christmas oh album God. every year. Oh, but, uh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know about this. What nah. do you need for the Christmas album? Something Christmassy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some Christmas shit. So Christmas shit. See, I'm better with Halloween. I'm a Halloween bitch. Like, I don't, like, Christmas is like, okay, like, all right, but. Yo, the world you know. needs Christmas right now. Do you understand? You don't understand sure. how much the world needs Christmas, right? I, we do a show. We do the official Meaning Wave Top 50 every month. And yeah. last month, one of my Christmas yeah. songs entered the top 10. That's amazing. Yeah. Which one? That's how much what, people what? want Christmas. Oh, my God. People yeah, yeah Christmas so your Christmas much. stuff so then I can, like, start percolating on what we need to... The biggest to thing, the biggest video on my YouTube channel currently is a Christmas video. People want Christmas so much this year, they're just jonesing for Christmas. I got a Christmas, really? I got a lo-fi Christmas playlist on, on Spotify right now that's doing hundreds of thousands of streams every day. What? People want Christmas. What? They want that's... it. They need it. See, I'm like, I'm like, like I said, I'm a Halloween person, so I'm like, I'm here for Halloween. Like, I'm here, like Christmas morning, whatever, but like Halloween, I'm like, ah, I'm like so ready. Like, I got like yeah. I just bought a skeleton onesie like I, you know like I'm fucking I'm set dude like I'm I'm like so I've got like all the I got another skeleton shirt I got another reaper shirt like I'm just I'm so I'm so in on this wow yeah that's Hercules's favorite holiday that's my my son Hercules he's seven people be like oh you excited for Hercules for Christmas Hercules he's like no I'm looking for Halloween I'm yes. a spooky boy 
do. Little man right. knows what's up. Like little man knows what's up. It's the Spook. funnest holiday. I mean, you get to dress up, you get to eat candy, you get to play tricks on people and treats, and there's skeletons everywhere. You I mean, in California. Amazing. Didn't they ban Halloween in California this year? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad. I was like, I'm trying to find like a renegade party. You know, I've just been like asking around. I'm like, does anyone know? Any hey, parties? is Max Landis having a renegade party? Not that I've heard of. I haven't heard a party. If from anyone anybody. should well, have a renegade party at this time, at this year, at this point of time. That's how he can make his comeback. You know, I mean, the I, Halloween party. I would, I would be there, you know, I would be there, I but I, I do have a lead on one possible party, some possible pirate party, maybe, we'll see, we'll oh see. God. Yeah. It's like prohibition it's, times, it's crazy. It's, it's They're going to be making movies about this people that sneak out and have underground Halloween parties in Los Angeles. I know, and that's the thing, it's like, it's like, oh, this is Halloween too, there's a full moon, it's also fall back, so you get an extra hour, I mean, and it's like, well, and, and it's canceled this year, like, oh my God. Nah, you just gotta go extra. It's yeah. like extra opportunities for real spook, because people are gonna be scared as well. Oh yeah. Oh like, well, yeah, totally. totally. You're like knocking on people's doors and stuff. Breathing on them. Yeah. <laughs> Coughing on them. You get like a cough sound effect in your phone and just keep hitting that button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trick or treat, bitch. Hey, speaking of spook. Hello, little spooky boy. How you doing? Hello. Hey. How you doing, Hercules? Good. Um, I did you know you can change the time on Animal Crossing on Nintendo? So I changed it to October thirty first, and now it's <laughs> Halloween in Animal Crossing, and I got a new emote. So basically, I went to Halloween. You sneaky boy! You time traveled in. Oh, I love show it. everyone! Oh my goodness! Like he's got a pumpkin head. I don't know if you can see that. You can do that to any. If you do it to the highest year, the moon will fall on the on the all of your houses, and that will be the ending. Wow, that's epic! You can make the moon fall down and break every house, and then Tom looks like, and then waves walk in and push. Can we find out what Tom looks up to? I don't trust him. No, no, I mean either. <laughs> but do you trust this? Look at the crowd. Go show people. This is not. This is. You have to show people. Otherwise, it's not fair. Uh, you know, shout out to everyone on the podcast. If you want to what just happened, little Hercules just turned up. He's playing Animal Crossing. He's cheated. He's changed the date on his Nintendo Switch so that it's Halloween, and now he's into Halloween. I love it. I love it. I mean, it, that you just did confirm that he is Mr. Halloween Boy. You yeah, know? I heard that right. We summoned him just by. See, I feel, I feel like, I feel like if I had a kid, I would be punished, and I would have like some kid who doesn't like Halloween, and I'd be like so sad. I would just be like the <laughs> saddest. I would be like, no, like we're dressing up this year. What do you want to be? And they'll be like, I, I want to be a Republican this year. And you're like, oh no, like I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> Uh, like I, w I want to be a, 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 po a politician and I would be like no please anything but that don't you want to be a vampire He's sweet Christmas elf yeah, what's know, that yeah, like... Halloween elf is there, there's no such thing as a Halloween elf or is there Ooh. and now I'm going to buy this from the shop alright thank you very much for informing us of that and um, yeah time traveling Nintendo Switch hacking Hercules is in Halloween already that's nice, dude. I love it. I yeah. love it. I want to be a Halloween. That's epic. All right, boom. We've got uh, we've got an audio book to do by Jove. All by right. Jove. Well, this is get to it. Yeah, because anyway, we'll have to get you back because I wanted to have like a proper big conversation with you because there's so many things to talk about and uh, so you'll have to come back over. 
Absolutely. Okay. Anytime. Let me know. Yeah. All right. Sweet. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, dog. <laughs> All right. Uh, so people need to go check out you on Switch. Yep. Yep. You can check me out uh, on Twitch at uh, Danica XIX. Yes. It's, uh, it's 19. That's Roman numeral 19. Yes. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Danica, D A N I K A X I X. And then on YouTube, you can check me out at Comic Book Girl 19. That was my original title. Yes. So, Back you when know. you were a Comic Book Girl 19. When you were yes. a Comic Book Girl of the 19th yeah. variety. But the internet made a woman of me. And so now I'm Danica XIX. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't get drunk and talk about the expert. Yeah. Shout yeah. at a robot. Get drunk with the robot and talk about the X Men. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about doing Epic History X Men Volume Four, oh, Sans cool. Robot. So we'll right. see. We'll see. Maybe 2021. Yo, if if the MCU, if the MCU oh, ever, um, you know, gets around to doing the X Men, <sighs> they're so problematic because they're called men. So you can't call that, them that. They're screwed. That. They can't do it. They've but they've they've put themselves in a corner. They're gonna no, have to call it no. mutants. No. Mutants. No, they're X Men's. They're X Men's. It's fine. <laughs> I love it. God I love Christ. it. I you know I went I went to the the DMV and I applied as a non-binary person just so I could get an X on my license. So now I'm an X Man. I know you did. <laughs> so, that was very epic. You're yeah. actually a real X Man. I'm a real X fan now, and I love yeah. it. I'm like so pumped. Like it gives me so much life every day. No, oh, God bless. That was very joyful. Uh, so, Exorcist Club is starting uh, this time next week. Is that right? Uh, it is starting on the 18th on Sunday at 3:30 oh, on Twitch.tv/slash Danica What time? 3:30 p.m. 3:30 p.m. in uh, Los Angeles time. Nice. Yes. Okay, everyone, go check that out. Everyone, do the book club. Uh, and all that type of business Books. you think of something Christmassy please all right I'll try I want to do I want to I want to get a Danica Christmas song yeah and uh, so you think if there's anything and then I'll think because there's a bunch of Christmas related stuff that you could you could read yeah. or uh, enunciate oh, yeah, yeah. you know maybe maybe some Krampus shit or something I don't know that's kind of like what's that I'm into that what's you Krampus? know Krampus the he's like that evil like <laughs> German <laughs> He's like that German de like Christmas demon that comes and takes bad kids and stuff. And oh, like, I thought that was <laughs> if they're... I thought that was Ha Satan. Because the original sounds no, the name came from Ha Satan, who was like Oh, you know, I, I didn't know that. No, yeah. Krampus. He's like he's like a goat goat guy and he's got like he takes little kids and he puts them in his backpack and he like oh, parts what? them off. What's he do with them? Yeah. He just runs he off. Parts them it. off. He takes them I don't know, he takes them somewhere. <laughs> he just Yo. takes the bad kids. Yo. Takes them off. Oh my that's terrible. Okay, well, thanks, thanks for your amazing idea of infesting my lovely wholesome Christmas album with with evil and child <laughs> stealing German fucking yeah. Christmas demon. <laughs> PP Max Channel says love Absolutely. Krampus, love yeah, Krampus, yeah, yeah. We love see they love Krampus, Woo! they love Krampus. It's the shadow of Christmas, you know, the shadow side of Christmas. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah, I'll be I'll be thinking okay. about it. I'll be thinking about it. We'll figure it out. We'll get that Dune wave. We'll get that. Krampus wave going. We'll fucking figure it out. It's gonna be sick. We're gonna do, you know, yeah. meeting fest at South by Southwest. It's gonna be great. Little wave. Get your get your Alan Watts costume ready. Oh yeah, I need to get like I need to get like a little goatee and shit and get that little hair, that little gray hair. Oh my god, it'd be so good. All right, sick. All right, boom. Well, it's always a joy having you on here, and uh, you know, shouts out to you, shouts out to Los Angeles. We're praying for you, baby. We're praying for you. We're praying. Pray for us. Pray for us. They have 
have us under lockdown. This is not fair. This sucks. Yo, we're praying that those weirdos who are running that place into the ground uh, get yeeted uh, into the sun very yeet, soon. Yeet. Yeet Newsome. Let's get him out. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. Have a wonderful Dune stream. And, Yo, uh, we're going yeah, to, baby. It's going to be epic. Thank you for being here. Yeah. All right, see you soon. Huh. Make some noise, brothers and sisters, for the epic and powerful world's most trusted authority on all things D-U-N-E. The voice of Dune Wave. That's me. <laughs> the Exorcist. <laughs> also. <laughs> and many other things in the house. Many other, many other things. Many, many other things. things. Rap game, uh, yeah, Twitch game, David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. In the house. Happy Halloween, Danica. Happy Halloween, Akira. Yeah. yeah. All right, boom, let's get this shit on the road, baby. Bye, guys. Whoa. Make some noise! Danica in the book cupboard. <laughs> like a warrior. And we are now going to go in with Dune Disc 4 by Jove. Make some noise for yourselves. Shouts out to the whole chat. What up, PP Max Chanel? What up, Bismarck? What up, Uncle Marcus? What up, Lance Rook? What up, Patrick Smith? What up, Night Boss? What up, Mike Castle? What up, Word XP? What up, Strong F. Smithick. The Scribe. Davey Sockrocker. Shouts out to the whole crew, baby. Epic activities about to occur. Jessica moved along the window, continuing to stare into the room. The move brought into view a metallic surface at table height beside the fountain, and she glimpsed a white notepad and stylus there, partly concealed by an overhanging fan leaf. She crossed to the table, noted Howard's day signs on it, studied a message written on the pad. To the Lady Jessica, may this place give you as much pleasure as it has given me. Please permit the room to convey a lesson we learned from the same teachers. The proximity of a desirable thing tempts one to overindulgence. On that path lies danger. My kindest wishes, wishes, Margot Lady Fenring. Jessica nodded, remembering that Leto had referred to the Emperor's former proxy here as Count Fenring. But the hidden message of the note demanded immediate attention, couched as it was in a way to inform her the writer was another Bene Gesserit. A bitter thought touched Jessica in passing. The Count married his lady. Even as this thought flicked through her mind, she was bending to seek out the hidden message. It had to be there. 
The visible note contained the code phrase, every Bene Gesserit not bound by a school injunction was required to give another Bene Gesserit when conditions demanded it. On that path lies danger. Jessica felt the back of the note, rubbed the surface for coded dots, nothing. The edge of the pad came under her seeking fingers, nothing. She replaced the pad where she had found it, feeling a sense of urgency. Something in the position of the pad, she wondered. But how it had been over this room, doubtless had moved the pad. She looked at the leaf above the pad. The leaf. She brushed a finger along the undersurface, along the edge, along the stem. It was there. Her fingers detected the subtle coded dots, scanned them in a single passage. Your son and the Duke are in immediate danger. A bedroom has been designed to attract your son. The H loaded it with death traps to be discovered, leaving one that may escape detection. Jessica put down the urge to run back to Paul. The full message had to be learned. Her fingers sped over the dots. I do not know the exact nature of the menace, but it has something to do with a bed. The threat to your duke involves defection of a trusted companion or lieutenant. The H plan to give you as gift to a minion. To the best of my knowledge, this conservatory is safe. Forgive that I cannot tell more. My sources are few, as my count is not in the pay of the H. In haste, MF. Jessica thrust the leaf aside, whirled to dash back to Paul. In that instant, the airlock door slammed open. Paul jumped through it, holding something in his right hand, slammed the door behind him. He saw his mother, pushed through the leaves to her, glanced at the fountain, thrust his hand and the thing it clutched under the falling water. Paul, she grabbed his shoulder, staring at the hand. What is that? He spoke casually, but she caught the effort behind the tone. Hunter-seeker, caught it in my room and smashed its nose, but I want to be sure. Water should short it out. Immerse it, she commanded. He obeyed. Presently, she said, withdraw your hand, leave the thing in the water. He brought out his hand, shook water from it, staring at the quiescent metal in the fountain. Jessica broke off a plant stem, prodded the deadly sliver. It was dead. She dropped the stem into the water, looked at Paul. His eyes studied the room with a searching intensity that she recognized, the BG way. This place could conceal anything, he said. I've reason to believe it's safe, she said. My room was supposed to be safe too, Howat said. It was a hunter-seeker, she reminded him. That means someone inside the house to operate it. Seeker control beams have a limited range. The thing could have been spirited in here after Howat's investigation. But she thought of the message of the leaf, defection of a trusted companion or lieutenant. Not Howat, surely. Oh, surely not Howat. Howat's men are searching the house right now, he said. That seeker almost got the old woman who came to wake me. The shut-out mapes, Jessica said, remembering the encounter at the stairs. A summons from your father to... That can wait, Paul said. Why do you think this room's safe? She pointed to the note, explained about it. He relaxed slightly. 
But Jessica remained inwardly tense, thinking, A hunter-seeker. Merciful mother. It took all her training to prevent a fit of hysterical trembling. Paul spoke matter-of-factly. It's the Harkonnens, of course. We shall have to destroy them. A rapping sounded at the airlock door, the code knock of one of Howard's corps. Come in, Paul called. The door swung wide, and a tall man in a trade's uniform with a Hawat insignia on his cap leaned into the room. There you are, sir, he said. The housekeeper said you'd be here. He glanced around the room. We found a cairn in the cellar and caught a man in it. He had a seeker console. I want to take part in the interrogation, Jessica said. Sorry, my lady. We messed him up catching him. He died. Nothing to identify him? she asked. We've found nothing yet, my lady. Was he an Arakeen native? Paul asked. Jessica nodded at the astuteness of the question. He has a native look, the man said. Put into that cairn more than a month ago, by the look, and left there to await our coming. Stone and mortar where he came through into the cellar were untouched when we inspected the place yesterday. I'll stake my reputation on it. No one questions your thoroughness, Jessica said. I question it, my lady. We should have used sonic probes down there. I presume that's what you're doing now, Paul said. Yes, sir. Send word to my father that we'll be delayed. At once, sir, he glanced at Jessica. It's how it's ordered that under such circumstances as these, the young master be guarded in a safe place. Again his eyes swept the room. What of this place? I've reason to believe it's safe, she said. Both Howard and I have inspected it. Then I'll mount guard outside here, my lady, until we've been over the house once more. He bowed, touched his cap to Paul, backed out and swung the door closed behind him. Paul broke the sudden silence, saying, Had we better go over the house later ourselves? Your eyes might see things others would miss. This wing was the only place I hadn't examined, she said. I put it off to last because... Because Howard gave it his personal attention, he said. She darted a quick look at his face, questioning. Do you distrust Howard? she asked. No, but he's getting old. He's overworked. We could take some of the load from him. That'd only shame him and impair his efficiency, she said. A stray insect won't be able to wander into this wing after he hears about this. He'll be shamed that we must take our own measures, he said. Howard has served three generations of Atreides with honor, she said. He deserves every respect and trust we can pay him, many times over. Paul said, When my father is bothered by something you've done, he says, Bene Gesserit, like a swear word. And what is it about me that bothers your father? When you argue with him? You are not your father, Paul. And Paul thought, It'll worry her, but I must tell her what that Mapes woman said about a traitor among us. What are you holding back? Jessica asked. This isn't like you, Paul. He shrugged, recounted the exchange with Mapes. And Jessica thought of the message of the leaf. She came to sudden decision, showed Paul the leaf, told him its message. My father must learn of this at once, he said. I'll radiograph it in code and get it off. No, she said, you will wait until you can see him alone. As few as possible must learn about it. Do you mean we should trust no one? There's another possibility, she said. 
This message may have been meant to get to us. The people who gave it to us may believe it's true, but it may be that the only purpose was to get this message to us. Paul's face remained sturdily somber. To sow distrust and suspicion in our ranks, to weaken us that way, he said. You must tell your father privately and caution him about this aspect of it, she said. I understand. She turned to the tall reach of filter glass, stared out to the southwest where the sun of Arrakis was sinking, a yellowed ball above the cliffs. Paul turned with her, said, I don't think it's Howard either. Is it possible it's Yui? He's not a lieutenant or companion, she said, and I can assure you he hates the Harkonnens as bitterly as we do. Paul directed his attention to the cliffs, thinking, and it couldn't be Gurney or Duncan. Could it be one of the sub-lieutenants? Impossible. They're all from families that have been loyal to us for generations, for good reason. Jessica rubbed her forehead, sensing her own fatigue. So much peril here. She looked out at the filter-yellowed landscape, studying it. Beyond the ducal grounds stretched a high-fenced storage yard, lines of spice silos in it with stilt-legged watchtowers standing around it like so many startled spiders. She could see at least twenty storage yards of silos reaching out to the cliffs of the shield wall, silos repeated, stuttering across the basin. Slowly the filtered sun buried itself beneath the horizon. Stars leaped out. She saw one bright star so low on the horizon that it twinkled with a clear, precise rhythm, a trembling of light. Blink, 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 blink. Paul stirred beside her in the dusky room. But Jessica concentrated on that single bright star, realizing that it was too low, that it must come from the shield wall cliffs. Someone signaling. She tried to read the message, but it was in no code she had ever learned. Other lights had come on down on the plain beneath the cliffs, little yellows spaced out against blue darkness. And one light off to their left grew brighter, began to wink back at the cliff, very fast, blink, squirt, glimmer, blink. And it was gone. The false star in the cliff winked out immediately. Signals and they filled her with premonition. Why were lights used to signal across the basin? She asked herself, why couldn't they use the communications network? The answer was obvious. The communinet was certain to be tapped now by agents of the Duke Leto. Light signals could only mean that messages were being sent between his enemies, between Harkonnen agents. There came a tapping at the door behind them and the voice of Howard's man. All clear, sir, my lady. Time to be getting the young master to his father. It is said that the Duke Leto blinded himself to the perils of Arrakis, that he walked heedlessly into the pit. Would it not be more likely to suggest he had lived so long in the presence of extreme danger, he misjudged a change in its intensity? Or is it possible he deliberately sacrificed himself that his son might find a better life? 
all evidence indicates the Duke was a man not easily hoodwinked. From Muad'Dib Family Commentaries by the Princess Irulan. The Duke Leto Atreides leaned against the parapet of the landing control tower outside Arakin. The night's first moon, an oblate silver coin, hung well above the southern horizon. Beneath it, the jagged cliffs of the shield wall shone like parched icing through a dust haze. To his left, the lights of Arakin glowed in the haze, yellow, white, blue. He thought of the notices posted now above his signature all through the populous places of the planet. Our sublime Padisha Emperor has charged me to take possession of this planet and end all dispute. The ritualistic formality of it touched him with a feeling of loneliness. Who was fooled by that fatuous legalism? Not the Fremen, certainly. Nor the Houses Minor, who controlled the interior trade of Arrakis. And were Hakonan creatures almost to a man. They have tried to take the life of my son. The rage was difficult to suppress. He saw lights of a moving vehicle coming toward the landing field from Arakin. He hoped it was the guard and troop carrier bringing Paul. The delay was galling even though he knew it was prompted by caution on the part of Howard's lieutenant. They have tried to take the life of my son. He shook his head to drive out the angry thoughts, glanced back at the field where five of his own frigates were posted around the rim like monolithic sentries. Better a cautious delay than... The lieutenant was a good one, he reminded himself. A man marked for advancement, completely loyal. Our sublime Padishah Emperor. If the people of this decadent garrison city could only see the Emperor's private note to his noble duke, the disdainful allusions to veiled men and women. But what else is one to expect of barbarians whose dearest dream is to live outside the ordered security of the Faufreluches? The Duke felt in this moment that his own dearest dream was to end all class distinctions and never again think of deadly order. He looked up and out of the dust at the unwinking stars, thought, around one of those little lights circles Caledon, but I'll never again see my home. The longing for Caledon was a sudden pain in his breast. He felt that it didn't come from within himself, but that it reached out to him from Caledon. He couldn't bring himself to call this dry wasteland of Arrakis his home, and he doubted he ever would. I must mask my feelings, he thought. For the boy's sake, if ever he's to have a home, this must be it. I may think of Arrakis as a hell I've reached before death, but he must find here that which will inspire him. There must be something. A wave of self-pity, immediately despised and rejected, swept through him, and for some reason he found himself recalling two lines from a poem Gurney Halleck often repeated. My lungs taste the air of time, blown past falling sands. Well, Gurney would find plenty of falling sands here, the Duke thought. 
The central wastelands beyond those moon-frosted cliffs were desert, barren rock, dunes and blowing dust, an uncharted dry wilderness with here and there along its rim and perhaps scattered through it knots of Fremen. If anything could buy a future for the Atreides line, the Fremen just might do it. Provided the Harkonnens hadn't managed to infect even the Fremen with their poisonous schemes. They have tried to take the life of my son. A scraping metal racket vibrated through the tower, shook the parapet beneath his arms. Blast shutters dropped in front of him, blocking the view. Shuttle's coming in, he thought. Time to go down and get to work. He turned to the stairs behind him, headed down to the big assembly room, trying to remain calm as he descended to prepare his face for the coming encounter. They have tried to take the life of my son. The men were already boiling in from the field when he reached the yellow-domed room. They carried their space bags over their shoulders, shouting and roistering like students returning from vacation. Hey, feel that under your dogs? That's gravity, man. How many G's does this place pull? Feels heavy. Nine-tenths of a G by the book. The crossfire of thrown words filled the big room. Did you get a good look at this hole on the way down? Where's all the loot this place is supposed to have? The Harkonnens took it with them. Me for a hot shower and a soft bed. Haven't you heard, stupid? No showers down here. You scrub your ass with sand. Hey, can it? The Duke. The Duke stepped out of the stair entry into a suddenly silent room. Gurney Halleck strode along at the point of the crowd, bag over one shoulder, the neck of his nine-string baliset clutched in the other hand. They were long-fingered hands with big thumbs, full of tiny movements that drew such delicate music from the baliset. The Duke watched Halleck, admiring the ugly lump of a man, noting the glass-splinter eyes with their gleam of savage understanding. He was a man who lived outside the Falferluches while obeying their every precept. What was it Paul had called him? Gurney the Valor. Halleck's wispy blonde hair trailed across barren spots on his head. His wide mouth was twisted into a pleasant sneer, and the scar of the ink-vine whip lashed across his jawline seemed to move with a life of its own. His whole air was of casual, shoulder-set capability. He came up to the Duke, bowed. Gurney, Leto said. My lord, he gestured with the balisette toward the men in the room. This is the last of them. I'd have preferred coming in with the first wave, but... There are still some Harkonnens for you, the Duke said. Step aside with me, Gurney, where we may talk. Yours to command, my lord. They moved into an alcove beside a coil-slot water machine while the men stirred restlessly in the big room. Halleck dropped his bag into a corner, kept his grip on the ballast. How many men can you let Howard have? the Duke asked. Is Thufer in trouble, sire? He's lost only two agents, but his advance men gave us an excellent line on the entire Harkonnen setup here. If we move fast, we may gain a measure of security, the breathing space we require. He wants as many men as you can spare, men who won't balk at a little knife work. I can let him have three hundred of my best, Halleck said. Where shall I send them? To the main gate. 
Howard has an agent there waiting to take them. Shall I get about it at once, sire? In a moment, we have another problem. The field commandant will hold the shuttle here until dawn on a pretext. The guild hayliner that brought us is going on about its business, and the shuttle's supposed to make contact with a cargo ship taking up a load of spice. Our spice, my lord? Our spice. But the shuttle also will carry some of the spice hunters from the old regime. They've opted to leave with the change of fief, and the judge of the change is allowing it. These are valuable workers, Gurney. About 800 of them. Before the shuttle leaves, you must persuade some of those men to enlist with us. How strong a persuasion, sire? I want their willing cooperation, Gurney. Those men have experience and skills we need. The fact that they're leaving suggests they're not part of the Harkonnen machine. Howard believes there could be some bad ones planted in the group, but he sees assassins in every shadow. Thufir has found some very productive shadows in his time, my lord. And there are some he hasn't found. But I think planting sleepers in this outgoing crowd would show too much imagination for the Harkonnens. Possibly, sire. Where are these men? Down on the lower level in the waiting room. I suggest you go down and play a tune or two to soften their minds, then turn on the pressure. You may offer positions of authority to those who qualify, offer 20% higher wages than they received under the Harkonnens. No more than that, sire. I know the Harkonnen pay scales, and to men with their termination pay in their pockets and the wanderlust on them, well, sire, 20% would hardly seem proper inducement to stay. Leto spoke impatiently. Then use your own discretion in particular cases. Just remember that the treasury isn't bottomless. Hold it to 20% whenever you can. We particularly need spice drivers, weather scanners, dune men, any with open sand experience. I understand, sire. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind, and they shall gather the captivity of the sand. A very moving quotation, the duke said. Turn your crew over to a lieutenant. Have him give a short drill on water discipline, and bed the men down for the night in the barracks adjoining the field. Field personnel will direct them. And don't forget the men for Howat. Three hundred of the best, sire. He took up his space bag. Where shall I report to you when I've completed my chores? I've taken over a council room topside here. We'll hold staff there. I want to arrange a new planetary dispersal order with armored squads going out first. Halleck stopped in the act of turning away, caught Leto's eye. Are you anticipating that kind of trouble, sire? I thought there was a judge of the change here. Both open battle and secret, the duke said. There'll be blood aplenty spilled here before we're through. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. Halleck quoted. The duke sighed. Hurry back, Gurney. Very good, my lord. The whip scar rippled to his grin. Behold, as a wild ass in the desert go I forth to my work. He turned, strode to the center of the room, paused to relay his orders, hurried on through the men. Leto shook his head at the retreating back. Halleck was a continual amazement, a head full of songs, quotations, and flowery phrases, and the heart of an assassin when it came to dealing with the Harkonnens. Presently, Leto took a leisurely diagonal course across to the lift, acknowledging salutes with a casual hand-wave. He recognized a propaganda corpsman, stopped to give him a message that could be relayed to the men through channels, 
Those who had brought their women would want to know the women were safe and where they could be found. The others would wish to know that the population here appeared to boast more women than men. The Duke slapped the propaganda man on the arm, a signal that the message had top priority to be put out immediately, then continued across the room. He nodded to the men, smiled, traded pleasantries with a subaltern. Command must always look confident, he thought. All that faith riding on your shoulders while you sit in the critical seat and never show it. He breathed a sigh of relief when the lift swallowed him and he could turn and face the impersonal doors. They have tried to take the life of my son. Over the exit of the Arakeen landing field, crudely carved as though with a poor instrument, there was an inscription that Muad'Dib was to repeat many times. He saw it that first night on Arrakis, having been brought to the Ducal Command Post to participate in his father's first full-staff conference. The words of the inscription were a plea to those leaving Arrakis, but they fell with dark import on the eyes of a boy who had just escaped a close brush with death. They said, O oh, you who know what we suffer here, do not forget us in your prayers. From Manual of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. The whole theory of warfare is calculated risk, the Duke said. But when it comes to risking your own family, the element of calculation gets submerged in other things. He knew he wasn't holding in his anger as well as he should, and he turned, strode down the length of the long table, and back. The Duke and Paul were alone in the conference room at the landing field. It was an empty-sounding room, furnished only with the long table, old-fashioned three-legged chairs around it, and a map board and projector at one end. Paul sat at the table near the map board. He had told his father the experience with the hunter-seeker and given the reports that a traitor threatened him. The Duke stopped across from Paul, pounded the table. Howard told me that house was secure. Paul spoke hesitantly. I was angry, too, at first, and I blamed Howard, but the threat came from outside the house. It was simple, clever, and direct, and it would have succeeded were it not for the training given me by you and many others, including Howard. Are you defending him? The Duke demanded. Yes. He's getting old. That's it. He should be... He's wise with much experience, Paul said. How many of Howard's mistakes can you recall? I should be the one defending him, the Duke said. Not you. Paul smiled. Leto sat down at the head of the table, put a hand over his son's. You've matured lately, son. He lifted his hand. It gladdens me. He matched his son's smile. Howat will punish himself. He'll direct more anger against himself over this than both of us together could pour on him. Paul glanced toward the darkened windows beyond the map board, looked at the night's blackness. Room lights reflected from a balcony railing out there. He saw movement and recognized the shape of a guard in a tradies uniform. Paul looked back at the white wall behind his father, then down to the shiny surface of the table, seeing his own hands clenched into fists there. 
The door opposite the Duke banged open. Thufir Howard strode through it, looking older and more leathery than ever. He paced down the length of the table, stopped at attention facing Leto. My lord, he said, speaking to a point over Leto's head. I have just learned how I failed you. It becomes necessary that I tender my resig— Oh, sit down and stop acting the fool, the Duke said. He waved to the chair across from Paul. If you made a mistake, it was in overestimating the Harkonnens. Their simple minds came up with a simple trick. We didn't count on simple tricks. And my son has been at great pains to point out to me that he came through this largely because of your training. You didn't fail there. He tapped the back of the empty chair. Sit down, I say. Howard sank into the chair. But I'll hear no more of it, the Duke said. The incident is past. We have more pressing business. Where are the others? I asked them to wait outside while I call them in. Howard looked into Leto's eyes. Sire, I I know who my true friends are, Thufer, the Duke said. Call in the men. Howard swallowed. At once, my lord. He swiveled in the chair, called to the open door. Gurney, bring them in. Halleck led the file of men into the room, the staff officers looking grimly serious, followed by the younger aides and specialists, an air of eagerness among them. Brief scuffing sounds echoed around the room as the men took seats. A faint smell of ratchag stimulant wafted down the table. There's coffee for those who want it, the Duke said. He looked over his men, thinking, they're a good crew. A man could do far worse for this kind of war. He waited while coffee was brought in from the adjoining room and served, noting the tiredness in some of the faces. Presently, he put on his mask of quiet efficiency, stood up and commanded their attention with a knuckle wrap against the table. Well, gentlemen, he said, our civilization appears to have fallen so deeply into the habit of invasion that we cannot even obey a simple order of the Imperium without the old ways cropping up. Dry chuckles sounded around the table and Paul realized that his father had said the precisely correct thing in precisely the correct tone to lift the mood here. Even the hint of fatigue in his voice was right. I think first we'd better learn if Thufir has anything to add to his report on the Fremen, the Duke said. Thufir? Howard glanced up. I've some economic matters to go into after my general report, sire, but I can say now that the Fremen appear more and more to be the allies we need. They're waiting now to see if they can trust us, but they appear to be dealing openly. They've sent us a gift, steel suits of their own manufacture, maps of certain desert areas surrounding strong points the Harkonnens left behind. He glanced down at the table. Their intelligence reports have proved completely reliable and have helped us considerably in our dealings with the Judge of the Change. They've also sent some incidental things, jewelry for the Lady Jessica, spice liquor, candy, medicinals. My men are processing the lot right now. There appears to be no trickery. You like these people, Thufer? asked a man down the table. Howard turned to face his questioner. Duncan Idaho says they're to be admired. Paul glanced at his father, back to Howard, ventured a question. Have you any new information on how many Fremen there are? Howard looked at Paul. 
From food processing and other evidence, Idaho estimates the cave complex he visited consisted of some 10,000 people all told. Their leader said he ruled a siege of 2,000 hearths. We've reason to believe there are a great many such siege communities, all seem to give their allegiance to someone called Liette. That's something new, Leto said. It could be an error on my part, sire. There are things to suggest this Liette may be a local deity. Another man down the table cleared his throat, asked, Is it certain they deal with the smugglers? A smuggler caravan left this siege while Idaho was there, carrying a heavy load of spice. They used pack beasts and indicated they faced an 18-day journey. It appears, the Duke said, that the smugglers have redoubled their operations during this period of unrest. This deserves some careful thought. We shouldn't worry too much about unlicensed frigates working off our planet. It's always done, but to have them completely outside our observation, that's not good. You have a plan, sire, Howard asked. The Duke looked at Halleck. Gurney, I want you to head a delegation an embassy, if you will, to contact these romantic businessmen. Tell them I'll ignore their operations as long as they give me a ducal tithe. Howard here estimates that graft and extra fighting men heretofore required in their operations have been costing them four times that amount. What if the Emperor gets wind of this? Halleck asked. He's very jealous of his strong profits, my lord. Leto smiled. We'll bank the entire tithe openly in the name of Shaddam IV and deduct it legally from our levy support costs. Let the Harkonnens fight that, and we'll be ruining a few more of the locals who grew fat under the Harkonnen system. No more graft! A grin twisted Halleck's face. Ah, my lord, a beautiful low blow. Word that I could see the Baron's face when he learned of this. The Duke turned to Howard. Thufer, did you get those account books you said you could buy? Yes, my lord. They're being examined in detail even now. I've skimmed them, though, and can give a first approximation. Give it, then. The Harkonnens took ten billion solaris out of here every three hundred and thirty standard days. A muted gasp ran around the table. Even the younger aides, who had been betraying some boredom, sat up straighter and exchanged wide-eyed looks. Halleck murmured, for they shall suck of the abundance of the seas and of the treasure hid in the sand. You see, gentlemen, Leto said, is there anyone here so naive he believes the Harkonnens have quietly packed up and walked away from all this merely because the Emperor ordered it? There was a general shaking of heads, murmurous agreement. We will have to take it at the point of the sword, Leto said. He turned to Howard. This would be a good point to report on equipment. How many sand crawlers, harvesters, spice factories, and supporting equipment had I left us? A full complement, as it says in the Imperial Inventory, audited by the Judge of the Change, my lord, Howard said. He gestured for an aide to pass him a folder, opened the folder on the table in front of him. They neglect to mention that less than half the crawlers are operable that only about a third have carryalls to fly them to spice sands, that everything the Harkonnens left us is ready to break down and fall apart. We'll be lucky to get half the equipment into operation, and luckier yet if a fourth of it's still working six months from now. Pretty much as we expected, Leto said. 
What's the firm estimate on basic equipment? Howard glanced at his folder. About 930 harvester factories that can be sent out in a few days. About 6,250 ornithopters for survey, scouting, and weather observation. Carryalls a little under a thousand. Alex said, would it be cheaper to reopen negotiations with the Guild for permission to orbit a frigate as a weather satellite? The Duke looked at Howard. Nothing new there, eh, Thufer? We must pursue other avenues for now, Howard said. The Guild agent wasn't really negotiating with us. He was merely making it plain, one mentat to another, that the price was out of our reach and would remain so, no matter how long a reach we develop. Our task is to find out why before we approach him again. One of Halleck's aides down the table swiveled in his chair, snapped, There's no justice in this. Justice? The Duke looked at the man. Who asks for justice? We make our own justice. We make it here on Arrakis, win or die. Do you regret casting your lot with us, sir? The man stared at the Duke, then, No, sire. You couldn't turn, and I could do naught but follow you. Forgive the outburst, but... He shrugged. We must all feel bitter at times. Bitterness, I understand, the Duke said. But let us not rail about justice as long as we have arms and the freedom to use them. Do any of the rest of you harbor bitterness? If so, let it out. This is friendly counsel where any man may speak his mind. Halleck stirred, said, I think what rankles, sire, is that we've had no volunteers from the other great houses. They address you as Leto the Just and promise eternal friendship, but only as long as it doesn't cost them anything. They don't know yet who's going to win this exchange, the Duke said. Most of the houses have grown fat by taking few risks. One cannot truly blame them for this, one can only despise them. He looked at Howard. We were discussing equipment. Would you care to project a few examples to familiarize the men with this machinery? Howard nodded, gestured to an aide at the projector. A solido Tri-D projection appeared on the table surface about a third of the way down from the Duke. Some of the men farther along the table stood up to get a better look at it. Paul leaned forward, staring at the machine. Scaled against the tiny projected human figures around it, the thing was about 120 meters long and about 40 meters wide. It was basically a long, bug-like body moving on independent sets of white tracks. This is a harvester factory, Howard said. We chose one in good repair for this projection. There's one dragline outfit that came in with the first team of Imperial ecologists, though, and it's still running, although I don't know how or why. If that's the one they call Old Maria, it belongs in a museum, an aide said. I think the Harkonnens kept it as a punishment job, a threat hanging over their workers' heads. Be good or you'll be assigned to Old Maria. Chuckles sounded around the table. Paul held himself apart from the humor, his attention focused on the projection and the question that filled his mind. He pointed to the image on the table, said, Filfer, are there sandworms big enough to swallow that hole? Quick silence settled on the table. The Duke cursed under his breath, then thought, No, they have to face the realities here. There are worms in the deep desert could take this entire factory in one gulp, Howard said. 
Up here, closer to the shield wall where most of the spicing's done, there are plenty of worms that could cripple this factory and devour it at their leisure. Why don't we shield them? Carl asked. According to Idaho's report, Howard said, shields are dangerous in the desert. A body-sized shield will call every worm for hundreds of meters around. It appears to drive them into a killing frenzy. We've the Fremen word on this and no reason to doubt it. Idaho saw no evidence of shield equipment at the Sietch. None at all? Paul asked. It'd be pretty hard to conceal that kind of thing among several thousand people, Howard said. Idaho had free access to every part of the Sietch. He saw no shields or any indication of their use. It's a puzzle, the Duke said. The Harkonnens certainly used plenty of shields here, Howard said. They had repair depots in every garrison village, and their accounts show a heavy expenditure for shield replacements and parts. Could the Fremen have a way of nullifying shields? Paul asked. It doesn't seem likely, Howard said. It's theoretically possible, of course. A shire-sized static counter-charge is supposed to do the trick, but no one's ever been able to put it to the test. We'd have heard about it before now, Halleck said. The smugglers have close contact with the Fremen and would have acquired such a device if it were available, and they'd have had no inhibitions against marketing it off-planet. I don't like an unanswered question of this importance, Lito said. Thufer, I want you to give top priority to solution of this problem. We're already working on it, my lord, he cleared his throat. Ah, uh, Idaho did say one thing. He said you couldn't mistake the Fremen attitude toward shields. He said they were mostly amused by them. The Duke frowned, then. The subject under discussion is spicing equipment. Howard gestured to his aide at the projector. The solido image of the harvester factory was replaced by a projection of a winged device that dwarfed the images of human figures around it. This is a carryall, Howard said. It's essentially a large thopter whose sole function is to deliver a factory to spice-rich sands, then to rescue the factory when a sandworm appears. They always appear. Harvesting the spice is a process of getting in and getting out with as much as possible. Admirably suited to Harkonnen morality, the Duke said. Laughter was abrupt and too loud. An ornithopter replaced the carry-all in the projection focus. These thopters are fairly conventional, Howard said. Major modifications give them extended range. Extra care has been used in sealing essential areas against sand and dust. Only about one in thirty is shielded, possibly discarding the shield's generator's weight for greater range. I don't like this de-emphasis on shields, the Duke muttered. And he thought, is this the Harkonnen secret? Does it mean we won't even be able to escape on shielded frigates if all goes against us? He shook his head sharply to drive out such thoughts, said, Let's get to the working estimate. What will our profit figure be? Howard turned two pages in his notebook. After assessing the repairs and operable equipment, we've worked out a first estimate on operating costs. It's based naturally on a depreciated figure for a clear safety margin. He closed his eyes in mentat semi-trance, said, 
Under the Harkonnens, maintenance and salaries were held to 14%. We'll be lucky to make it at 30% at first. With reinvestment and growth factors accounted for, including the Chom percentage and military costs, our profit margin will be reduced to a very narrow 6 or 7% until we can replace worn-out equipment. We then should be able to boost it up to 12 or 15% where it belongs. He opened his eyes. Unless my lord wishes to adopt Harkonnen methods. We're working for a solid and permanent planetary base, the Duke said. We have to keep a large percentage of the people happy, especially the Fremen. Most especially the Fremen, Howard agreed. Our supremacy on Caladan, the Duke said, depended on sea and air power. Here we must develop something I choose to call desert power. This may include air power, but it's possible it may not. I call your attention to the lack of thopter shields. He shook his head. The Harkonnens relied on turnover from off-planet for some of their key personnel. We don't dare. Each new lot would have its quota of provocateurs. Then we'll have to be content with far less profit and a reduced harvest, Howard said. Our output the first two seasons should be down a third from the Harkonnen average. There it is, the Duke said, exactly as we expected. We'll have to move fast with the Fremen. I'd like five full battalions of Fremen troops before the first Chom audit. That's not much time, sire, Howard said. We don't have much time, as you well know. They'll be here with Sardokar disguised as Harkonnens at the first opportunity. How many do you think they'll ship in, Thufir? Four or five battalions, all told, sire. No more. Guild troop transport costs being what they are. Then five battalions of Fremen, plus our own forces, ought to do it. Let us have a few captives Sardaukar to parade in front of the Lancerad Council, and matters will be much different. Profits or no profits. We'll do our best, sire. Paul looked at his father, back to Howard, suddenly conscious of the Mentat's great age aware that the old man had served three generations of Atreides. Aged. It showed in the roomy shine of the brown eyes, in the cheeks cracked and burned by exotic weathers, in the rounded curve of the shoulders and the thin set of his lips with the cranberry-colored stain of sappho juice. So much depends on one aged man, Paul thought. We're presently in a war of assassins, the Duke said, but it has not achieved full scale. Thufir, what's the condition of the Harkonnen machine here? We've eliminated 259 of their key people, my lord. No more than three Harkonnen cells remain, perhaps a hundred people in all. These Harkonnen creatures you eliminated, the Duke said. Were they propertied? Most were well situated, my lord, in the entrepreneur class. I want you to forge certificates of allegiance over the signatures of each of them, the Duke said. File copies with the judge of the change. We'll take the legal position that they stayed under false allegiance. Confiscate their property, take everything, turn out their families, strip them, and make sure the Crown gets its ten percent. It must be entirely legal. Thufir smiled, revealing red-stained teeth beneath the carmine lips. A move worthy of your grandsire, my lord. It shames me I didn't think of it first. 
Halleck frowned across the table, noticing a deep scowl on Paul's face. The others were smiling and nodding. It's wrong, Paul thought. This'll only make the others fight all the harder. They've nothing to gain by surrendering. He knew the actual no-holds-barred convention that ruled in Conley, but this was the sort of move that could destroy them even as it gave them victory. I have been a stranger in a strange land, Halleck quoted. Paul stared at him, recognizing the quotation from the O.C. Bible, wondering, does Gurney too wish an end to devious plots? The Duke glanced at the darkness out the windows, looked back at Halleck. Gurney, how many of those sand workers did you persuade to stay with us? 286 in all, sire. I think we should take them and consider ourselves lucky. They're all in useful categories. No more? The Duke pursed his lips then. Well, pass the word along to... A disturbance at the door interrupted him. Duncan Idaho came through the guard there, hurried down the length of the table and bent over the Duke's ear. Leto waved him back, said, Speak out, Duncan. You can see this is strategy staff. Paul studied Idaho, marking the feline movements, the swiftness of reflex that made him such a difficult weapons teacher to emulate. Idaho's dark, round face turned toward Paul, the cave-sitter eyes giving no hint of recognition, but Paul recognized the mask of serenity over excitement. Idaho looked down the length of the table, said, We've taken a force of Harkonnen mercenaries disguised as Fremen. The Fremen themselves sent us a courier to warn of the false band. In the attack, however, we found the Harkonnens had waylaid the Fremen courier, badly wounded him. We were bringing him here for treatment by our medics when he died. I'd seen how badly off the man was and stopped to do what I could. I surprised him in the attempt to throw something away. Idaho glanced down at Leto. A knife, my lord. A knife the like of which you've never seen. Chris knife? Someone asked. No doubt of it, Idaho said. Milky white and glowing with a light of its own like. He reached into his tunic, brought out a sheath with a black ridged handle protruding from it. Keep that blade in its sheath. The voice came from the open door at the end of the room, a vibrant and penetrating voice that brought them all up, staring. A tall robed figure stood in the door, barred by the crossed swords of the guard. A light tan robe completely enveloped the man except for a gap in the hood and black veil that exposed eyes of total blue, no white in them at all. Let him enter, Idaho whispered. Pass that man, the Duke said. The guards hesitated, then lowered their swords. The man swept into the room, stood across from the Duke. This is Stilgar, chief of the Sietch I visited, leader of those who warned us of the false band. Idaho said. Welcome, sir, Leto said. And why shouldn't we unsheath this blade? Stilgar glanced at Idaho, said, You observed the customs of cleanliness and honor among us. I would permit you to see the blade of the man you befriended. His gaze swept the others in the room. But I do not know these others. Would you have them defile an honorable weapon? I am the Duke Leto, the Duke said. Would you permit me to see this blade? I'll permit you to earn the right to unsheathe it, Stilgar said, and as a mutter of protest sounded around the table, he raised a thin, darkly veined hand. I remind you this is the blade of one who befriended you. In the waiting silence, Paul studied the man, sensing the aura of power that radiated from him. 
He was a leader, a Fremen leader. A man near the center of the table across from Paul muttered, who is he to tell us what rights we have on Arrakis? It is said that the Duke Leto Atreides rules with the consent of the governed, the Fremen said. Thus I must tell you the way it is with us. A certain responsibility falls on those who have seen a Chrisknife. He passed a dark glance across Idaho. They are ours. They may never leave Arrakis without our consent. Halleck and several of the others started to rise, angry expressions on their faces. Halleck said, the Duke Leto determines whether... One moment, please, Leto said. And the very mildness of his voice held them. This mustn't get out of hand, he thought. He addressed himself to the Fremen. Sir, I honor and respect the personal dignity of any man who respects my dignity. I am indeed indebted to you, and I always pay my debts. If it is your custom that this knife remain sheathed here, then it is so ordered by me. And if there is any other way we may honor the man who died in our service, you have but to name it. The Fremen stared at the Duke, then slowly pulled aside his veil, revealing a thin nose and full-lipped mouth in a glistening black beard. Deliberately, he bent over the end of the table, spat on its polished surface. As the men around the table started to surge to their feet, Idaho's voice boomed across the room, Hold! Into the sudden charged stillness, Idaho said, We thank you, Stilgar, for the gift of your body's moisture. We accept it in the spirit with which it is given. And Idaho spat on the table in front of the Duke. Aside to the Duke, he said, Remember how precious water is here, sire. That was a token of respect. Leto sank back into his own chair, caught Paul's eye, a rueful grin on his son's face, sensed the slow relaxation of tension around the table as understanding came to his men. The Fremen looked at Idaho, said, You measured well in my siege, Duncan Idaho. Is there a bond on your allegiance to your duke? He's asking me to enlist with him, sire, Idaho said. Would he accept a dual allegiance? Leto asked. You wish me to go with him, sire? I wish you to make your own decision in the matter, Leto said, and he couldn't keep the urgency out of his voice. Idaho studied the Fremen. Would you have me under these conditions, Stilgar? There'd be times when I'd have to return to serve my duke. You fight well and you did your best for our friend, Stilgar said. He looked at Leto. Let it be thus. The man Idaho keeps the Chris knife he holds as a mark of his allegiance to us. He must be cleansed, of course, and the rites observed, but this can be done. He will be Fremen, and soldier of the Atreides. There is precedent for this. Liet serves two masters. Duncan? Leto asked. I understand, sire, Idaho said. It is agreed, then, Leto said. Your water is ours, Duncan Idaho, Silgar said. The body of our friend remains with your duke. His water is Atreides' water. It is a bond between us. Leto sighed, glanced at Howat, catching the old Mentat's eye. Howat nodded, his expression pleased. I will await below, Stilgar said, while Idaho makes farewell with his friends. Turok was the name of our dead friend. Remember that when it comes time to release his spirit. You are friends of Turok. Stilgar started to turn away. 
Will you not stay a while? Leto asked. The Fremen turned back, whipping his veil into place with a casual gesture, adjusting something beneath it. Paul glimpsed what looked like a thin tube before the veil settled into place. Is there reason to stay? The Fremen asked. We would honor you, the Duke said. Honor requires that I be elsewhere soon, the Fremen said. He shot another glance at Idaho, whirled, and strode out past the door guards. If the other Fremen match him, we'll serve each other well, Leto said. Idaho spoke in a dry voice. He's a fair sample, sire. You understand what you're to do, Duncan. I'm your ambassador to the Fremen, sire. Much depends on you, Duncan. We're going to need at least five battalions of those people before the Sardaukar descend on us. This is going to take some doing, sire. The Fremen are a pretty independent bunch. Idaho hesitated then. And sire, there's one other thing. One of the mercenaries we knocked over is trying to get this blade from our dead Fremen friend. The mercenary says there's a Harkonnen reward of a million solaris for anyone who'll bring in a single Chris knife. Leto's chin came up in a movement of obvious surprise. Why do they want one of those blades so badly? The knife is ground from a sandworm's tooth. It's the mark of the Fremen sire. With it, a blue-eyed man could penetrate any sietch in the land. They'd question me unless I were known. I don't look Fremen, but... Piter de Fries, the Duke said. A man of devilish cunning, my lord, Howard said. Idaho slipped the sheathed knife beneath his tunic. Guard that knife, the Duke said. I understand, my lord. He patted the transceiver on his belt kit. I'll report soon as possible. Thufer has my call code. Use battle language. He saluted, spun about, and hurried after the Fremen. They heard his footsteps drumming down the corridor. A look of understanding passed between Leto and Howard. They smiled. We've much to do, sire, Halleck said. And I keep you from your work, Leto said. I have the report on the advance bases, Howard said. Shall I give it another time, sire? Will it take long? Not for a briefing. It said among the Fremen that there were more than 200 of these advanced bases built here on Arrakis during the desert botanical testing station period. All supposedly have been abandoned, but there are reports they were sealed off before being abandoned. Equipment in them? The Duke asked. According to the reports I have from Duncan. Where are they located? Halleck asked. The answer to that question, Howard said, is invariably, Liet knows. God knows, Leto muttered. Perhaps not, sire, Howard said. You heard this Stilgar use the name. Could he have been referring to a real person? Serving two masters, Halleck said. It sounds like a religious quotation. And you should know, the Duke said. Halleck smiled. This judge of the change, Leto said, the imperial ecologist, Kynes, wouldn't he know where those bases are? Sire, Howard cautioned, this Kynes, he's an imperial servant. And he's a long way from the emperor, Leto said. I want those bases. They'd be loaded with materials we could salvage and use for repair of our working equipment. Sire, 
Howard said. Those bases are still legally His Majesty's fief. The weather here is savage enough to destroy anything, the Duke said. We can always blame the weather. Get this kinds and at least find out if the bases exist. Twere dangerous to commandeer them, Howard said. Duncan was clear on one thing. Those bases, or the idea of them, hold some deep significance for the Fremen. We might alienate the Fremen if we took those bases. Paul looked at the faces of the men around them, saw the intensity of the way they followed every word. They appeared deeply disturbed by his father's attitude. Listen to him, father, Paul said in a low voice. He speaks truth. Sire, Howard said, those bases could give us material to repair every piece of equipment left us, yet be beyond reach for strategic reasons. It would be rash to move without greater knowledge. This kinds has arbiter authority from the Imperium. We mustn't forget that, and the Fremen defer to him. Do it gently, then, the Duke said. I wish to know only if those bases exist. As you will, sire. Howard sat back, lowered his eyes. All right, then, the Duke said. We know what we have ahead of us. Work. We've been trained for it. We have some experience in it. We know what the rewards are, and the alternatives are clear enough. You all have your assignments. He looked at Halleck. Gurney, take care of that smuggler situation first. I shall go unto the rebellious that dwell in the dry land, Halleck intoned. Someday I'll catch that man without a quotation, and he'll look undressed, the Duke said. Chuckles echoed around the table, but Paul heard the effort in them. The Duke turned to Howard, set up another command post for intelligence and communications on this floor, Thufer. When you have them ready, I want to see you. Howard arose, glancing around the room as though seeking support. He turned away, led the procession out of the room. The others moved hurriedly, scraping their chairs on the floor, balling up in little knots of confusion. It ended up in confusion, Paul thought, staring at the backs of the last men to leave. Always before, staff had ended on an incisive air. This meaning had just seemed to trickle out, worn down by its own inadequacies and with an argument to top it off. For the first time, Paul allowed himself to think about the real possibility of defeat not thinking about it out of fear or because of warnings such as that of the old Reverend Mother, but facing up to it because of his own assessment of the situation. My father's desperate, he thought. Things aren't going well for us at all. And how what? Paul recalled how the old Mentat had acted during the conference. Subtle hesitations, signs of unrest. How what was deeply troubled by something. Best you remain here the rest of the night, son, the Duke said. It'll be dawn soon anyway. I'll inform your mother. He got to his feet, slowly, stiffly. Why don't you pull a few of these chairs together and stretch out on them for some rest? I'm not very tired, sir, as you will. The Duke folded his hands behind him, began pacing up and down the length of the table. Like a caged animal, Paul thought. Are you going to discuss the traitor possibility with Howard? Paul asked. The Duke stopped across from his son, spoke to the dark windows. We've discussed the possibility many times. The old woman seemed so sure of herself, Paul said. And the message, Mother, precautions have been taken. 
the Duke said. He looked around the room, and Paul marked the hunted wildness in his father's eyes. Remain here. There are some things about the command posts I want to discuss with Thufir. He turned, strode out of the room, nodding shortly to the door guards. Paul stared at the place where his father had stood. The space had been empty even before the Duke left the room. And he recalled the old woman's warning. For the father, nothing. This floor. She was intense. What? Michael Dudgeon says so this book is great this book is intense yeah yeah Bismarck says whoop how you feeling out there how you enjoying that what did you glean from that how many of you have never do not know this story and do not know what's gonna happen How many of you are hearing this for the first time? Bismarck says I've loved this. It is a unique experiment, I gotta say. It is very intense to do. Bismarck says first time. Luke says splash. First time for YouTube hero Alex also. Multiverse Media Space says beauty and companionship. Walking Wall Post says me. First time. Boom. Full killer three six four four. I'm hearing it for the first time. Shit so deep. What? What? So Dusej says I spoiled it for myself researching what some of the things are. <laughs> you know, a great story doesn't matter. The greatest stories are the ones that do inspire that kind of uh, 
Investigation, Cindy Bailey first time. Sheila Ferraria, I love the narrator. He's great, can't remember his name though. I have that information on my other machine. Annoying. James Esparza, first time hearing as well, but I seen the miniseries back in the day and it seems quite accurate. Luke says, I love Herbert's use of water as a tool for respect, trust, and faith, right? Cheers, Herbert. James Esparza says, reminds me of old Battletech lore. Sheila Ferreria says he does a lot of audiobooks. Yeah, he did a 1984 one. Yeah, Robert Easley says, I've read Dune and listened to Woody books many times. Always fun to revisit. Back to Rackus. Go straight to the next one. Shit, what time is it? Alright, not tonight. Might do a double next week. I wanna go I wanna guess the next bit by Jove. What? Shouts out to everybody locked in, thank you for being here. Shouts out to Danica XIX. Who is a great guest. What a great recurring guest. Danica has become. I think we've had her on like four times or something. Yeah. Thank you for being here tonight. Walking More Power says I'm impatient too long. <laughs> it's kind of cool though because you get to like mull on it. You can mull on it a bit through the week, you know, mull. I was actually considering what I was thinking about doing a couple of weeks ago was doing it before we started this, I guess like a month ago or something. I was considering doing it on the morning show and I was considering doing just like a chapter a day of a book. And the morning show would just be like a book club. But we turned the morning show into an ultra party. Now the morning show is a joyful party every day, and it would be, it seems ridiculous at the idea of turning it into into a a library. Whereas for some reason, even though we have epic parties here, for some reason Wednesday makes sense to have a library. I don't know why. Have a nice like uh, futuristic space library. Sheila Ferraria says, "Mullet." That's strange. They certainly shout in a club. My Moulay is the thing of glory and wonder by Joe. It's Moulay season. Anyway, thank you all for being here. God bless. Smash that like. The annoying thing about doing book club is I can't shout at you and order you to smash the like. Ha <laughs> 
it, it pains me, it really does. It pains me. Sheila Ferreira says, you said mullet over, I said mullet. Oh, I see. It's very good, very good, very good delayed uh, joke with the, the old... I wonder if 5G means we can have instants on this stuff, that would be good. Anyway, thank you all for being here. Thank you to everyone who supported you this thing. Thank you, Walking World Pirate, Chris Odin, Luke, and Miss Superconductor. God bless you. If you want to support the wave, go to meaningwave.com, get uh, a t-shirt like this. You can get this t-shirt. This is, I love this t-shirt. This is the, um, if you don't make stuff, there is no stuff artwork t-shirt it's beautiful i made this out of chopped up bits of old magazines uh, you know chopped up old magazine stuff what hey what up booga booga says herbert was a revolutionary so was heinlein it hurts our sensibilities to hear common sense as insensible love you love akira what's cracking God bless. We'll be back tomorrow with some with with something powerful and um, exuberant. By Jove, we'll be here tomorrow morning with something uh, ultra party. Anyway, masterpiece is coming to all platforms on Friday. New new video coming on Friday. I am working my um, everything off on this new JVP record which is coming along powerfully today we were blessed with um you know because I don't I only have a certain amount of control over these things and uh, today we were blessed with the epic single I mean this, this actually the album's already got a few but like there's always a moment with an album where I'm like I wonder what it's gonna come maybe it'll be this song maybe the next song and then you're like whoa uh, on the Marcus album that was grateful to the gods you know so we had, we had the, the, the project's uh, Grateful for the Gods moment occur today in the creation of the new JVP record. And uh, yeah, it's, it might be the biggest one yet, I don't know. I don't know, it was, pr- it was ridiculous, really. It was ridiculous. So uh, yeah, shout out to that whole process. I kind of want to get an orchestra on the album, but orchestras are expensive. Um, but I want to get an orchestra. I'm going to mull it over. I'm going to moule. I'm going to moule it over. Anyway, look at me just like thinking out loud with my homies. God bless you all. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get out of here and go and eat a steak by Jove. And uh, it's that time. So yeah, thank you all for being here. Remember, tell the people, Kyla Sherrod. Tell them Meaning Wave exists. Tell them Bismarck, let them know Meaning Wave exists. New What's Wave album's coming. New JPP Wave album's coming. And Christmas is coming, by Jove. Bless up YouTube Hero Alex. And bless up the whole gang. Do you know me now for a bye five? Three, two, one. What camera am I looking at? That one. Whoop, 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 whoop. Sweet dreams, baby. Um, anyway, Radio 24 7 is on the second channel if you need that.